Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. The topic of today's show is Pray for Palestine with Marwan Abdel Hamid. You don't want to miss this. But hey, before you do anything, before you do anything, share this episode with a friend and make sure you subscribe. (laughs) God bless you, everyone. And shout out to the people in Finland, Ireland, Italy, France, the UK, Russia, Germany, Belgium, Rwanda. I'm going to say this wrong, but it's Burkina So. But to all my international listeners, I appreciate you so much. And to the people in Ohio and the people in Michigan and all of my supporters and all my listeners in California, New York and all around the world, I appreciate each and every last one of you. May God bless you. And thank you again for listening. Enjoy the show. What's up, world? Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This Podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. I'm an opinionated fat boy from the west side of Detroit. I was groomed in Chicago and shaped in New York, but in my heart, Paris is home. Join me on my quest to get answers and gain clarity on a plethora of controversial topics, current events, and political issues. It's a lot going on in the world that I want to discuss, so please take a listen and tell me your thoughts. Tell me what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts. If you watch the news like I do, then you have seen the daily massacre occurring in Palestine. Seeing humans murdered daily breaks my heart. But why is this happening? Why is Israel bombing Palestine? To answer this and many more questions, I had the pleasure of speaking with Palestinian rapper and activist Marwan Abdel Hamid, and he shed some light on what's going on in Palestine. But before we get into the interview, please listen to the Jerusalem Freestyle by Marwan Abdel Hamid. Listen to the words. Dreaming we could make a living. We may call it home, but it isn't. Living a life full of hate, uh, don't you talk about forgiving? Uh, quick sand on the beach, but say you got children playing by the sea. Uh, the language different, so they gone now. Always wishing it was me. Late nights in the trauma, eating away at my soul. Feeling guilty that I'm not there. Mama, I wanna go home. Fogiados on a drop top, we ain't got nowhere to go. IDs at the checkpoints, just so we know we below. Come take a trip to Jerusalem You ain't see the people, they moving them Reason they hate me, cause I'm always true with them This shit got nothing to do with them Used to have so many friends, now I'm losing them I don't really give a fuck, cause I'm through with them I met some real ones that gave me the tools to success And you better believe that I'm using them, damn This is all part of the plan Gotta get rich and get back to the people Who never gave up on staying in the land, yeah Money is nothing to me, I just reinvest in my community, uh They bombing our cities and then they be saying it's all for security, uh, uh, uh. passe autour, j'm'en bats l'air que j'entends rien Seul dans mon monde mais c'est là que j'me sens bien Un seul endroit où j'veux être c'est Gaza J'l'ai vu de loin et elle m'a dit reviens Girl I love a little crazy 
Pick you up in the Mercedes I wanna take you to Jericho Parents worry about a daily Come take a trip to my city The bullets be flying all over the place But you're safe just as long as you with me Already know that somebody gon' kill me Don't listen to media telling you stories Just take it directly from me More than a century since we've been free Just come to my city and see for yourself how they live 2020 they ain't with the vision We gon' bring them together And I don't really give a fuck if you Muslim or Christian No time for division My people in Gaza, Yafa and Janine The people of now just hate for what Khalid My people in Yemen, Syria and Lebanon We got your back cause we know how it feels That's a good rêve, but I know that I'll come back I think that my chance has nothing to reporter I know that I'm capable, it's just to push me Here for the moment, it's right now or never Fuck these corrupt politicians who steal from their people And don't represent them, I said it We fight for our rights and it's anti-Semitic You think after being oppressed they would get it, yeah Fuck it, yeah Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marwan to the show. Thank you for coming today, Marwan. Thank you so much for having me on. Where are you from, Marwan? So I grew up in uh, the Gaza Strip. Okay. I'm originally Palestinian, but um, my parents are um, from diverse backgrounds. My mother's half French, half Algerian, and my father's half Serbian, half Palestinian. But uh, I identify mainly with my Palestinian side because I was born in Jerusalem and raised in Gaza. Oh, wow. Where are you located now? Santa Barbara, California. I study here. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I'm in New York, and man, uh, you know, it's, it's starting to get sunny, but you're in a good sun all year round. What made you come to America to get an education? Honestly, it's just an opportunity that not a lot of people get. And I grew up consuming a lot of American media because I went to an American school. So the goal was always to come to the States. Subconsciously, it was implanted in me and, uh, you know, I got a scholarship here and decided to come here. So right now, I mean, things have been going on over there for a very long time. But being Palestinian and, and being in America now, how did it feel hearing that Israel was going to start bombing them and doing different things to Palestine? Well, it's a cycle, right? I mean, it was to be expected. I think that... Israel and the Israeli government actually uses situations like this to divert away from our actual cause to talk about terrorism as opposed to territory, right? So whenever something like this happens, whenever there's tensions, whenever Palestinians are talking about ethnic cleansing, discrimination, there's always the push towards let's blow this out into a full-on war and let's talk about terrorism as opposed to territory. And this is a cycle and it's been happening for a very, very long time. So it wasn't a surprise, to be honest, to hear that they were going to start bombing my hometown. Wow. Do you still have family there? Uh, no family. We left in 2007, but family, you know, us Arabs, we consider our friends family. So, yeah, technically. <laughs> okay. So, you know, this might be a dumb question, but what's actually going on? Like, what's the cause of all of this? Well, the, you, you're talking about the root cause of this specific incident and the recent wave of violence or just in general what Palestinians are fighting for? In general, because, you know, I, I have a little backstory, you know, and I know a lot of it started after the Holocaust where a lot of the uh, Jewish people, you know, came and started to resettle. But, you know, for those of us that don't have a vast amount of knowledge, I would like to hear from someone who lived there and who actually can educate 
my listeners as well as myself. 100%. So when I talk about this, I like to go back to the foundation, which is, in my opinion, the, the Zionist project. So Zionism is a political ideology that advocates for a Jewish state in the land of Palestine. And it was created in the 1800s by a man named Theodor Herzl. And it was colonial in nature, uh, right? There was, there was an advocacy for a Jewish state and because of European anti-Semitism, right? Christian anti-Semitism, they decided that they needed their own state as Jews, which makes sense. And they had the choice between Argentina, Uganda, and they ultimately settled on Palestine. There was a lot of immigration there. And Jews had been living there for a very, very long time. But these Jews that were living there that weren't in Europe, they were Palestinian. Right? These people were considered Palestinian. Palestinian is not uh, Arab. There's a lot of Afro-Palestinians too. There's a lot of Christian Palestinians. So Palestinian, it's not only Muslims. So there was Jews living in that land prior to the creation of the state of Israel that considered themselves Palestinians. And in 1917, the British actually colonized this land. And with the colonization of Palestine, came what was known as the Balfour Declaration. The Balfour Declaration was a piece of paper signed by uh, this man called Arthur Balfour, who said that uh, basically that the British were going to help create a Jewish state in this land of Palestine that was majority Palestinian, majority Arab, right? We owned 90% of the land. And so the Palestinians were like, well, I mean, what, what do you mean you're going to create a Jewish state on our land? Like This, <laughs> this is our land, right? And so then tensions to rise because the British were actually facilitating European Jewish immigration into the land and Jewish immigration caused a lot of stress on the Palestinian population because land was taken away from them, resources were taken away from them and the Palestinians saw this as an active effort of colonization, right? Because they were colonized by the British and Zionism was an extension of that colonial project. And so in 1948, there was a war that broke out because basically the British in 1948 were like, okay, we're going to leave because of Jewish terrorism. Okay, and then what happened was basically the UN, so the United Nations, which was, uh, you know, it was created in, in the 40s. It was a very new concept, the United Nations. They decided to split this land into two because they felt like the Arabs and the Jews could not live together. They hated each other. So they're like, okay, we're going to give 55% of the land to the Jews, and we're going to give 45% of the land to the Arabs, even though the Arabs owned 90% of the land. So the Palestinians, our position has been unwavering ever since the creation of the State of Israel. We do not want to split this land. We feel like this is our land, and we can coexist with our Jewish brothers and sisters, but we cannot coexist in, a, in an ethnic state that is a Jewish state, right? Because ultimately that leads to our discrimination. Just like America, you know, was, was built on the backs of slaves and, and was an ethno nation for white people, that is what Israel is today, right? And ultimately Zionism, uh, the Palestinians were the ones that suffered the consequence because in 1948, three fourths of the Palestinian population that lived in this land was expelled by Zionist forces, including my grandfather. So we lost Palestine, right? Three-fourths of our population was expelled. It was an act of ethnic cleansing. We had to leave. And now there's 7 million refugees, uh, Palestinians across the world. And the, the Palestinian cause is really a, a cause of territory and land. And it has nothing to do with terrorism or religion. It's literally a cause where Palestinians want to go back home, right? They want to go back home and want to have equal rights. It's very simple. I just gave you a little historical background, but the cause ultimately 
is one where we want to have equal rights in this land and we want to be able to be citizens of this land. And right now, we're not equal in this land. I've seen things where on the land that, you know, was given to you guys by the government, where now it's other people that are moving in and taking even that land. Why is that occurring? Because uh, the state of Israel never defined its borders. So they were given 55% of the land. They accepted, we rejected, and then all the Arab nations tried to invade. They lost that war. Israel took 80% of historic Palestine, right? And then our leadership throughout the 80s and 90s, we decided that we would want to do what's called a two-state solution now, where we take 20% of what used to be ours. They take 80%. And uh, they signed in, in the 1990s, you know, our president, Yasser Arafat, went to the White House with Bill Clinton and Yitzhak Rabin at the time, the Israeli prime minister. They signed the peace accord and it was supposed to be, you know, Palestine was going to have its own state on 20% of the land. But what ended up happening is an increase in Jewish settlements. So Jewish settlements are communities of Jews that settle on what is supposed to be Palestinian land. You know, it's crazy because we settled on 20% of what used to be ours right to only 20% and they're still coming and setting up communities and kicking us out of this 20%. So now in Palestine you have a resemblance of South Africa uh, during the apartheid period because what happened in apartheid in South Africa is that white people basically had black people move into these little tiny villages with no resources and they would cut them off and then they create a whole system infrastructure to basically subjugate these black people into these small, they call them Bantu stands. So it's the same thing in Palestine now. Uh, Palestinians are cut off from resources. We're cut off, you know, there's Jewish only roads. We cannot access a lot of this land that used to belong to us and was forcefully taken away from us. Yeah, that's what always baffles me is I watch a lot of documentaries and I see a lot of shows. And I saw one where a Palestinian was not allowed access and an American an American was allowed access. And I just yeah, thought that was... That's the viral video, Jacob. There's the viral video where the guy, he comes from Brooklyn and he's like, ah, you know, if I don't steal your house, someone else will. <laughs> yeah. Being a person who is African-American, I'm sensitive to any type of racism. Okay. And uh, some of the things that I hear people say about Palestinians, that is not positive. Or some of the ways that I see um, some people who are Palestinian being treated, it really bothers me. And I don't understand, like, when I started seeing different things being bombed and different things occurring, I didn't understand as an American why America, who usually interferes in so many different situations, why they aren't interfering in this situation. What is your thoughts on that? Why do you think America and other countries aren't really saying anything and they're just allowing what's occurring to happen? Because Israel is a strategic ally to America, right? It's not within America's interest to actually uh, support the Palestinians because America in itself is an imperial state. It's an imperial nation, right? It's really funny. It's always super funny to me when Americans lecture Palestinians on terrorism when America is actually the biggest terrorist nation in, 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 the, in the history of humankind. I mean, you only have to look at the 800 military stations that they've set up across the world to understand their imperial uh, ambitions. It's crazy. I mean, in uh, Iraq in 2003, they killed a million civilians. Like, you know, so, so it's always crazy to me to, 
to expect America to be on the right side of history. I mean, America has shown time and time again that they do not stand for, I mean, although they preach freedom and, and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's. Uh, am I allowed to curse on here? Or no? You're grown. You can do what you feel. Ramadan is over. So. Um, it's bullshit, man. <laughs> it, it's bullshit, yeah. you know, to, to tell us that, you know, we stand for freedom and we stand for this. No, you don't stand for freedom because if you stood for freedom, you would be standing with the Palestinians because what we're demanding is liberation. Yeah. What we're demanding Equality. is to free. Yeah. Right? Equality, man. Exactly. Yeah. And and there's always this conflation. There's always an, a deliberate um, conflation of Palestinian liberation and like Jewish safety, right? To be Palestinian, to, for me, when I say free Palestine, a lot of people are like, oh, so you're anti-Semitic? Yeah. Um, and there, it's it's deliberate. Um, there's it, This is very deliberate. It's a deliberate effort by the Zionist lobby in America because, you know, obviously the Jewish people have a history of persecution and trauma. And you have to be careful when you when you talk about these kinds of things. But for me to demand liberation as a Palestinian, to demand liberation, to demand ending of the occupation, to demand the end of discrimination against my people, the bombing of Gaza, that's not anti-Semitic. That's yeah. a human right. Right? And it shouldn't even be debated. So um, to be honest, yeah, to answer your question about America, I think since Israel is a strategic ally in the region, this is geopolitics, right? Like it has nothing to do with what's right and what's wrong. It's all about America's interests. And uh, for now, you know, America has more of an interest uh, in supporting Israel and maintaining their domination of the Palestinians as opposed to standing for what's right and helping Palestinians be free. Well, even outside of America, though, it's like I'm hearing a lot of countries, they're silent right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a big wave of people, you know, people protesting and things all over the world, which is great, you know, and people did that for Black Lives Matter as well. But it's like, what's next? Protesting is only going to do so much. So what's next? But why do you think other countries haven't stood up and said something? Well, you know, so, so when you talk about countries, are you talking about the government's yeah, yeah. I'm saying because, you know, for for me, an outsider, right, looking in, it looks like one power being a bully over a smaller power. You know, you can definitely see that, you know, Israel is, is as big as it is and all of the powers that it has. And you look at the Palestinians and it just it looks like a David and Goliath situation to me. And, you know, anytime over, you know, in the past, when we've seen situations like that, when we've seen like one country, uh, for the lack of better words, bullying another, you know, other countries have interjected or even if they didn't interject, they would say certain things or speak out against it or discourage it. And I haven't heard that. And if it has occurred, then maybe, you know, then I apologize, but I haven't seen that. And, you know, why do you think no one is saying anything? Well, I'll tell you one thing in the U.N., you know, a hundred I think it's 160 countries uh, stand with Palestine and have and you know have have gone with resolutions to demand Palestinian liberation and then there's only one country that vetoes these resolutions. It's the U.S. Right? It's the U.S. and then I think it's like Barbados or something because they're you know they have to do what America says. But no, a lot of countries do stand with Palestine. Okay. And the reality is that American influence in the region is too powerful for any other country to actually come in and try and make a difference, right? Uh, France is not going to come and free Palestine. If America wanted tomorrow, if they decided that they wanted to help with Palestinian liberation, they could do so very, very easily because, uh, you know, Israel is funded by America. Yeah. 
So in the billions, to me, it doesn't really matter. In the billions, man. So it doesn't really matter. I think you know this is why what's very cool about what's happened in the last two weeks is I think especially in America there's been a you know a shift in public opinion or we're starting to see a shift in public opinion and people are understanding especially our generation that you know the plight of the Palestinians is not necessarily complicated. Uh, it's a human rights issue, just like the plight of African Americans is not very complicated. It's a human rights issue, and obviously you have pushback, right? Uh, you have pushback from certain interest groups, but we're starting to realize that, you know, this whole like calling everything anti-Semitic, calling everything terrorism, like it's not standing, you know, it, it, it's not working anymore because this has been their position for the past 40 years. Instead of talking about territory, instead of talking about Palestinians wanting their land back, it's always terrorism, terrorism. Now people are starting to understand that Palestinians actually want equal rights and they want their land. So it's very cool, this uh, shift in public opinion that, has been brought about by, um, first of all, more Palestinians speaking up and, you know, having platforms like this and also being able to speak English and also platforms like TikTok and Instagram where you can reach millions of people in, in like a day. It's cool, but it's still sad to me, you know, because Jews know oppression and racism. Arabs know oppression and racism. Blacks, Africans, African-Americans, we all know oppression. We know racism. I don't know. It, it bothers me sometimes just when I see the videos and I see the bombings and I see, you know, people just going at it and, and saying negative things about each other. And it's just like, you know, how can we get beyond this? It's just it just baffles me. So what are some of the solutions? What can we keep doing? What do we need to start doing? What what should we do to raise awareness? What can we do? Yeah, thanks for that, man. And I really appreciate, you know, your your concern. And, and, and this is what's amazing to me. Uh, and that's what I was talking about, public opinion shifting, is that Americans are really starting to identify with the Palestinian struggle. And, you know, Palestinians and, and African-Americans have a very long history yeah. of time. Um, I mean, Black Panthers, those were our guys, man. You know, we used to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the Black Panthers were also a terrorist organization. So, um I think, you know, what's really important is to amplify Palestinian voices, number one. I think uh, Palestinians for too long have been talked about, but we haven't been talked to. Yeah. So I think that's very, very important. I think, um, you know, having conversations, it's, it's very, very similar to Black Lives Matter. Supporting black businesses, uh, you have to support Palestinian businesses. You have to keep talking about this, putting pressure on senators and Congress people because all it takes is one bill. All it takes is one bill for things to completely turn around. All it takes is one shift in, a, in one generation. And you know, sometimes we get frustrated because things don't happen overnight, but we're building foundations here. I mean, slavery lasts 400 years, you know what I mean? Slavery is still currently, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is like the struggle, the struggle is ongoing yeah. and we have to understand and appreciate that things are changing and we're building foundations here. and. You know, apartheid in South Africa ended, uh, and one of the reasons why it ended, there was a shift in American public opinion, and people started to realize we cannot stand for this. So I feel like, you know, as sad as it is to say, you know, we have to keep trying to influence the American mind. Uh, and it's so sad to, 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 you know, to try and, it's very dehumanizing to try and tell people that you deserve equal rights. But, I mean, it's the price to pay and the responsibility of, of an oppressed group to stand up for everyone that is that is oppressed, to be honest. In Palestine, what are some of the things that you wouldn't be able to do, but a Israeli person may be able to do? 
So my grandfather comes from a village yeah. called Safad in the north. And it was ethnically cleansed of his Palestinian population in 1948. My grandfather's house that he used to live in is now a museum for Bulgarian Jews. I personally cannot enter this village. I can't go there, right? Another thing, if an American that, you know, has his great, great grandfather was Jewish would be able to go there, no problem, right? You would even, um, so there's this thing called birthright, which is a trip that American Jews get to take. They go for free. And for 10 days, they just go and party in, uh, in Israel. I don't have that same right, even though I was born in Jerusalem, right? Just because I'm not Jewish. I come from the same land as them. I mean, I have more rights to this land than they do. They've never been, right? But they will get their flights paid for, their itinerary paid for, and they'll go and they'll visit uh, the Holy Land. And I'm not allowed to do that. I have to go through checkpoints as a Palestinian. Israelis don't have to go through checkpoints. So checkpoint is basically a TSA check, right? Imagine to go to work, you have to go through like three TSA checks uh, and you have to even get strip searched uh, because, you know, inherently your people are thought to be terrorists. Every single one of you are thought to be terrorists. So you, you can't be too safe, right? You have to search everyone. You have to dehumanize everyone. You have to collectively punish them, which is illegal under international law. So there's a whole system. There's a whole system of oppression that is dedicated to subjugating Palestinians and, um, you know, having Jews live their comfortable lives and party in Tel Aviv while people in Gaza don't have access to electricity. So every day a person, if they want to go to a grocery store across the lines, they have to go through a checkpoint. Yeah, probably two or three. Wow. Yeah, man, it's crazy. In the West Bank, so like in this little, so I told you, remember, uh, Palestine now is like 20% of what it used to be. Yeah. And in this 20%, we're militarily occupied by Israel. So they have checkpoints set up all over this land. And uh, based on our ethnicity and based on the way that we identify, we have to go through checkpoints because we're perceived to be threats and we're perceived to be terrorists. So all of us have to go through these checkpoints. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You just have to go and it's a part of life. It's a, it's a daily ritual. Let's say, what about a person, let's just say um, a woman is a cleaner for an Israeli person. Does she have to have documents or something that says that she works for this person and that's why she wants to go there? Yeah, and it's a crime actually not to have your documents. So let's say you forget them at home, you'll go to jail. And this is very, I mean, it's it's copy and paste uh, South African apartheid model, right? Like they used to jail people for not having their cards. They used to have this whole system of like identification of uh, black South Africans versus white South Africans. White South Africans didn't have to go through checkpoints. They had access to land, real estate, water, and black South Africans did not. Same thing with uh, in Palestine. Israelis have access to everything and Palestinians have access to nothing. So what is the document called that you have to carry? In Arabic, it's called tasrih, but it's just uh, identification, man. It's just to, to, to prove that you are Palestinian. And since the Israelis have a blue card and we have green cards. And uh, if you have a green card, you know, they can take you in. They can ask questions and they can do whatever they want. There are no rules. So as an American, right, I'm a black American. If you and I were both trying to uh, gain access to the same area, would it be easier for me Oh, 100%. You're chilling, man. You you go wherever you want. Wow. So even though I'm African-American, you know, that, that wouldn't stop it, you know? Like, they wouldn't look at me no. because I'm black as I'm Palestinian, or, you know, because I'm black? No. 
No, I don't. Th- no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I to be honest, I haven't had that experience, but I don't yeah. think so. I think the fact that you're American gives you very, very easy access. And like for me, if I'm in, trying to go to the same spot as you, I'd be interrogated because I'm, you know, very vocal with my activism. I, I'm a public figure. Like I would be strip searched, <laughs> you know, because they they think I'm a terrorist. Wow. So with the ceasefire, I've been hearing different things from people that the ceasefire was just for show and that there's still things going on. Do you know anything about that? Well, Amir, what I'll say is that for the past 73 years, Palestinians have been suffering. So it's really important not to take things in a vacuum because to be honest, this violence that, that um, you know both sides experience, it's only talked about when uh, Jewish people are experiencing violence, right? It's only the right to self-defense when Israelis are experiencing violence. It's never the right to self-defense when Palestinians are experiencing violence. And Palestinians, just like African-Americans, experience violence through a system of oppression, right? So, for example, Palestinians will be shot at protests with no repercussions, right? Palestinians will be abused. Their Palestinian women will have to give birth at checkpoints because they waited too long. Palestinians go um, go through tons and tons of discrimination and violence, you know, this is violence. So the ceasefire, yeah, I mean, it's cool that they stopped killing our children, but we still have an intricate uh, system of oppression that we're dealing with and that hasn't been ended, right? This isn't some sort of conflict. There is an ongoing occupation of my people. There's an ongoing system of oppression that needs to be dismantled. And until it's dismantled, we won't uh, be quiet. We're not going to stop fighting for Palestinian liberation until the system of of oppression is dismantled. It's very, very similar to South African apartheid. What about the other Arab countries? Have they been a safe haven for you guys? No, not at all. So actually, Palestinian refugees uh, in places like Jordan, Lebanon are also discriminated against. They're seen as burdens on uh, on these societies. You know, this is the plight of a Palestinian is uh, you're kicked out of your home and you're not welcome anywhere else. I mean, in America and stuff like there's people that are very, very fortunate. There's uh, communities of Palestinians in Chile, for example, in South America that are part of the culture and stuff. But in the Arab states, you know, it's been very, very hard for Palestinian refugees. And a lot of them live in refugee camps in terrible, terrible conditions. What about the people who are listening and who want to donate or who want to, you know, just do more? You know, that they want to do something immediate. What can they do? Is it any organizations that you know of? that people can donate money to, donate their time to, or, you know, just do something to help? 100%. So um, actually there's two things. So right now organizations are, are cool when it's like a collective, you know, there's the Palestinian Children Relief Fund, for example, they're great. But my work is mainly in business and tech. So um, I actually, you know, help Palestinian companies and entrepreneurs raise capital. I connect them with Silicon Valley companies uh, help them expand. And so, because, you know, that's uh, that's something that is sustainable. Donations are not sustainable, even though they're much needed. And right now we're actually doing a fundraiser for a 3D printing company in uh, Gaza. Their building was destroyed. Um, so your listeners, I would I can send you the link of the fundraiser because, you know, I, I'm all about supporting business. Um, because a lot of the times people tend to romanticize Palestine and they forget that there's people on the ground that need to like eat and stuff. Yeah. So, so we support businesses. I'm, I'm very, very big on that. I think they're 50% uh, of the way there. We still yeah. need around $3,000, but 
that would that's very immediate impact because you know this 3D printing company in Gaza provides actual jobs for people and that is cannot be understated. Gaza has 60% unemployment. Okay. So, you know, a devil's advocate question, I don't mean to be disrespectful or rude, but what about the people who are listening who say, why not just leave? You know, they don't want you there and they're bombing you. Why not just leave? Why not find somewhere else to go? Well, actually, you know, 7 million Palestinians left. Uh, to, so so a lot of us did leave because we're not safe in our own land. Yeah. But you know, I would ask the people that ask that question, like if they if they truly believe it within their hearts, I, I would just ask, why should we leave? If you identify with a place and your heritage goes back 4,000 years and you this is all you know, there's no reason for you to leave, right? It's the same thing like, like, you know, I mean, I guess you could make the analogy with Native Americans. Native Americans, would you ask them to leave America? Why, like, why would you ask them to leave America if they're indigenous to this place? We as Palestinians are an indigenous population and we have no uh, intention of, of uh, leaving. I mean, you know, Zionism inherently wants Palestine to be free of Palestinians, but we have no intention of leaving. Our existence is resistance in this case. So to anyone that asks that question, honestly, I would tell them not cool. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> Do you dislike Jews or Jewish people or Israelis? Of course not, man. Yeah. Of course not. Well, no, I, I think it's important for that to be heard. Because, you know, as being black, when I say Black Lives Matter, people hear you don't like white people. You know, and people don't understand that's not what we're saying. So I asked that question, even though it may be seen as a dumb question, because I think people need to hear that. I think when people see Palestinians stand up for Palestine, they don't hear that. They hear, I hate, you know, Israeli or I hate Jewish people. And I think they need to hear that. There's one thing that we do hate, and that is inequality and discrimination. Yeah. And that is what we're standing up against. And it has nothing to do with uh, people being Jewish, but there has never been a time in history when an oppressed nation has not hated their oppressor. You know, that's just how life works. When you're oppressed by someone, you're going to hate them, right? So it doesn't matter if you're Jewish, it doesn't matter if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're Scandinavian. If you're oppressing a population and you're putting their, your foot on their necks, they're going to hate you. I don't hate Israelis, right? I just hate inequality and I hate discrimination. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I I dislike and hate racism. I dislike and hate sexism. I dislike and hate, you know, all those isms because I, I find it so sad when groups who have been disenfranchised are doing the same thing to other groups, you know. And there's a, probably a lot of people who would say, why don't I care? You know, black people, we have enough to deal with on our own in America. But the thing about it is, is that you have to watch what's happening to other people, because if you don't, you might slowly start seeing other things start happening to you again. So, you know, if we all stand together and fight for unity and equality for all minorities and all people, women and all of that, then I think that we'll start noticing a difference instead of having people fight individual battles, you know, because we have to fight the collective battle and then we can fight the individual battles. Exactly. Our struggles are intersected, right? Yeah. It's intersectional. So 100% I'm with you on that, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, I thank you so much, Marwan. Habibi. 
I thank you for taking up your time and, and, and educating us because, you know, some of this I knew and some of it I didn't. Some of it I seen and some of it sickened me. Some of it I thought maybe it was just propaganda and TV show one way. But if it's anything like the way that you said, then I think that the country that I was born in should definitely do something. You know, I don't know. Last question. Do you think in your lifetime the Palestinians will get control back of Palestine? 100 percent. 100 percent. You know, it's not about control. It's about being free. You know, when you talk about control, there is this like inherited fear because Jews have been persecuted and discriminated against for the past 200 years. So when you talk about Palestinian control and then you mix that with like, you know, this rhetoric from Islamist groups, there is obviously fear, right? And what we're fighting for is liberation. This is, you know, liberation from an oppressive regime that is looking to move us out of Palestine, to take over our land. So I think that Palestine will be liberated and I will be a part of that process. You know, I've devoted my life to this, obviously. And uh, definitely, and if it's not my generation, you know, at least I'm building the foundations for my children's generation. But I do think that I'll live to see it because systems of oppression, once they fall, they fall very quickly. What we need to be ready for is what comes next. And that's what we're actively working towards right now. The seven million that left do you think any of them plan to, to go back? Man, Palestinians, there's this thing called the right of return. I mean, the last thing I'll tell you. Yeah. Jews all across the world, they have this thing called the law of return. So any Jew anywhere in the world can go and get Israeli citizenship for free tomorrow if they want. Me as a Palestinian, I don't have the right to go back to my own country, right? So I am denied my right to return while Jews anywhere in the world have the law of return. So you see this discrimination. So wait a minute. Wait one second. So the law of return, the Jewish people can go back anytime they want after they leave. Um, and you're saying that Palestinians... Not even after they leave, not even after they leave. Just like a random kid in California, yeah. if his grandfather was Jewish, he can go to Israel tomorrow and get citizenship. And so you're saying that as a Palestinian, once you leave, you don't have the right of return? No, I can't go back. And the thing is, that's very important to understand, Amir, is that Israel... What is known today as Israel, for me, is Palestine. Yeah. I see that whole land as one, and I see this whole land, hopefully in the future, as one land where everyone is equal and free, right? But right now, there's a state called Israel that is a Jewish state uh, that discriminates against this Palestinian population. Uh, and I can't be free in that land. So when I talk about the, re- the law of return, I can't go tomorrow to Tel Aviv and get citizenship, even though that is Palestinian land. So you can't get citizenship, but if you wanted to go back, if you were flying from Santa Barbara just to go back and visit, let's say you had an uncle or aunt there and you wanted to visit them, you could go back and visit though, right? Uh, No, I can't go into Israel. I can go to the West Bank. Gaza is very, very difficult, but no, into Israel I cannot. Wow. And I most certainly cannot get citizenship, you know? Wow. So you can't even help from the front lines. No, not now. Not yet. Wow. So what do you have to say, uh, final words, to all of the people listening? You as a Palestinian and everything that's going on right now, I'll give you the floor. Well, I just want to say, first of all, I really appreciate you know you giving me a platform to speak and I appreciate the solidarity. I just want to say that, you know, once again, I reiterate that Palestine will be free sooner rather than later. And I hope that everyone listening 
will be on the right side of history, right? Because being on the wrong side of history, uh, it's not a good look, right? Shukran. <laughs> Habibi, man. Thank you so much. Off one. Thank you so much, my one. Habibi, bro. Jewish, Christian, or Muslim? Does it really matter? Are we not all humans? Is the life of an Israeli Jewish person worth more than a Palestinian? If not, then why has our world become so desensitized to the attacks on Palestine? Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are all Abrahamic religions. So why can't we learn to love one another? Why do we continue to fight and kill one another? I won't claim to know or understand completely the conflict between Israel and Palestine. But what I do know is God is love. I should love my brother and be kind to my brother, no matter his race, religious beliefs, or sexual orientation. To my Palestinian brothers and sisters, stay strong and keep the faith. I will keep all the inhabitants of Israel and Palestine in my prayers. I pray that they can find peace and cohabitate in peace together. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and let me know your thoughts. Email me at wytotpodcast at gmail.com. That's our show for today. The music used during the interview of this episode, Persia and Arabic, were produced by Limco Michael, Cobra Desert by The Fletchers, Modern Egypt by Avshamu Music. Thank you for listening to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our show is produced by Amir Ali. Our theme song was written by Amir Ali, produced by Adrian Brundy, and performed by Enrico Delves. If you would like to be a guest on our show, or if you have a question or you want to provide some feedback, send an email to wytotpodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast is available on all platforms, so make sure you subscribe to our show and follow us on social media. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. Until next time. Audio post-production by Yaya Podcasting. YayaPodcasting.com.